Hello and welcome to the Infra Black Archive end of season review. Just before we get started, I just wanted to let you all know which on Saturday we'll be sending our predictions for the new season of Doctor Who Flux to your inboxes. So if you want to know what's going on, please remember to subscribe. Now, on with the show. So James, what happened in the end of season? What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened this season? What happened this season, Owen, was uh, a great deal of, of things. Mostly animated. I think it's worth saying this is the animated season, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, this is... Every single episode has at least one animated episode. Yeah. And a lot of them are just, are just complete animation. So I haven't just realised, we haven't actually introduced people to what this mess is. So, hello and welcome to the end of season What Happened. It's our end of season review. It's based at name is based on me saying something wrong because i um yes the end of season what happened um so we have got a list of rewards which we are going to be giving out to this season such as things as best companion worst companion best setting of those things and then we'll be ranking these episodes from this season from best to worst so this tends to take forever so let's just start off straight away james Yes, we will. And we should say before we do start very quickly that we're not going to be putting in the awards anything from previous seasons. We we had a chat about it and the whole thing is it's just going to be from the six episodes from this season. So we're not going to get bogged down in um, talk of um, stories gone by. However, somehow Sense Rights ending will still come up. Speaking of, do you remember the ending to the Sense Rights? Gee. Um... No. Let it come you up. Don't or, want let, to. let it come up organically, because it will. Let's <laughs> not. Where let's, it will. Let's not use up our best sense rights ending jokes. Should we forcefully. just rename? Should we just rename the uh, the worst ending award to the sense rights award, the sense rights honorary award for worst ending? <laughs> <laughs> I've got an idea, but but I'll see if you like it when we get to it. Okay, fine. I'll leave it as a right. joke. Right. So, do you want to get going? Yep. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Are we going to start um, from the top of our list and work down? Yes. It's cool. So best companion then. I think I I, I think we're both definitely going to have the oh, same here. Yeah, it's Jamie. Yeah. Like, there's we don't need to put any tension on it. Jamie is the best companion possibly. Period. We've had. Yeah, because previously I had Ian Chesterfield, and even Chesterton. then, Chesterton. Sorry. And I just feel like Jamie just beats him because their relationship between the two of them is just so much better. Well, it's so brilliant in um, Evil of the Daleks when they almost have this double act thing going on. And even in some of the earlier episodes where you see Jamie, like with Moonbase or with uh, Macro Terror, there's all these bits where he he challenges the Doctor on things. And also, outside of that seriousness, he has the capacity to be jokey, funny, downright charming. He's a just such a fully realized character it's so frustrating when you watch so many others and you think well why aren't they working because jamie does it's the same everything which happened pre this season is for similar sort of feeling like you've 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 managed to do an entire season of pretty much a star episodes what's changed it's just good companion yeah but this season also had for bad Yes, I sense we're going to agree on Worst Companion. I think we're going to agree for these first two, and then we're going to start deviating. Yeah, well, to be fair, the way it goes is that these get just get more and more open as we go. Yeah. And we kind of lose track. But yeah, my Worst Companion... Actually, do you want to go first? Because I went first. 
last time. Should we just say it at the same time? But it should right, not be at the same time because it won't time be. today. Three, Three two, two, one. Polly. Polly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and it's frustrating, really, because Polly had all this potential. I think that's why I went with Polly over Ben. Yeah. Because Polly had more potential than Ben did, and yet Polly ended up being worse handled. Yeah. I think Ben, if we had the award of most annoying companion, Ben would win it because his his constant protesting of, what do you mean? And all that stuff mm. just really starts to grind at you. It is very one note, especially when um, it feels like everything he does is always that. And when he gets mind controlled in the it doesn't exist terror, you just see that, but in a different form. Like the, the acting doesn't really yeah. change. It's just a different opinion. It's honestly just a little bit of relief from the standard lines from Acre Terror yeah. when he gets taken over. It, it is a shame. But Polly, I think the reason I go with that is because one minute... Polly is doing this kind of maternal thing. And then the one minute people are asking her to make coffee. It's like there is no consistency in terms of how she's used. Particularly in for Moonbase when she essentially makes up uh, a chemical bomb against the Cybermen. Yes, Polly makes a bomb and yet is still relegated to T-Girl. Just some bizarre handling choices on her. She could have been good. I think that's what makes it frustrating. So, best setting... So this one here is one where the story could have been missing a little bit, but it's still, the, the context and the scene building and all that stuff is still amazing. Yeah, I think a good way to describe it is kind of like best world building. Just yeah, like the best, best world sort of place that's you the, want to be in. That's the phrase I was looking for, best world building. World building, yeah. yeah. For me, there were a lot of options I'd like to put out there because I, was, I found this one really tricky. I'd like to mention the whole colony. In terror, that's mm-hmm. very good. That gets an honourable mention for sure. Uh, Tenth and Moonbase are both sort of decent, but because they're so similar to each other, both discount each other. Mm-hmm. So, in the end, I've gone with a minor cheat, and I've selected the Victorian house section of Evil of the Daleks. <laughs> because there are basically three different worlds in that. So you can kind of pick yeah. one. So why do you I went for the tenth planet. Okay, so you know the whole um, South Pole base. The whole South, I felt like it, everything in there was properly built up. You could see the systems, you could see the granularity of the different characters within that story and how they all interworked with each other. That's true, actually. And the characters really make it up, and it's and also it doesn't have the same issue which um, the power of the Daleks had, where it felt empty, but because the tenth planet yeah. was so small and so compact, it never did, and they had the correct amount of extras to show the different army people involved. So to me, it just felt like a really nice and succinct story, which everything in, in the world kind of operated as it should have done. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I really didn't consider it was because of the moon base being very similar. Yeah. And I kind of thought, well, they're both kind of rip, riffing off of each other. And so they're a little bit copied to and for. The reason I've gone Victorian is kind of similar to the way you've gone with Temple Planet. I quite like the the, the congestedness of it. Mm. Everything is kind of locked in one place. It's especially good for when Jamie's got to go through that test, that human yeah. factor test, because it's this closed environment where there could be a Dalek around every corner and you've got 
um, characters like Terrell around who are sort of nasty and a bit rude and that that uh, kidnapping guy so there's all sorts going on it's a really well built world they almost build up this entire family unit just to be backdropped yeah. in this story okay still though yeah arguments for both now for worse setting see i have had a lot of things but i've actually gone with Moonbase for the direct copying of the 10th planet this is, I think, going to be one of my more controversial ones. Okay. This should be interesting. Power of the Daleks. No, I think that's fair, because that was the other one I was considering. Yeah. it. The issue is with Power of the Daleks, the story is fine and all of that stuff, but it just never feels... It has the exact opposite issues of the Tenth Planet. I just can't see how that... Essentially, what I'm asking myself when I'm watching these things is, if the Doctor and Jamie and all the companions never showed up... Could I see this story working? Just, yeah, could it exist? Could it exist? And I just can't see that with Power of Dark because there's just few people, too few people involved. Yeah, I think I think the main issue with that with that story is that you just don't remember any of the characters and you don't really remember the setting. It's the one that has that has had the least staying power in my head. Yeah, like the the other ones have something that's very distinctive about them. So it keeps in your mind. Uh, you know, I, you remember things like uh, the, the mass production system, all of the little clever Dalek things trying to make it seem like they're not in control. But the setting, it feels a bit too big and a little bit too muddled. Yeah, there's just not enough going on outside of the story. Exactly. Like, as you can't just... see... Sorry, you can't. Sorry. Like... We're not given a reason why the colony is there in the first place. Like, even on that basic level, we don't know what this colony is doing, how it operates, what sort of government system it has, and all that kind of thing. It just, there's nothing there other than, yes, a very good story. Yes, very good characters. But that's it. There's nothing else there. It's a blank canvas, essentially. Well, it's blank hallways. <laughs> yeah, blank canvas and blank hallways. It's. It is frustrating when you put it like that because answering the five questions is the most important thing in any story. What, where, why, how, who. Yeah. You know, obviously in a different order. But if you need to be able to answer those five questions. Otherwise, you haven't got a story. They can't answer it without setting. I mean, Moonbase is a decent setting. The only reason I put it in is straight up because it rips off 10th Planet, yeah. which does it better. And Moonbase just basically goes, oh, what if we did the 10th Planet, but it was in space? Yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely the worst version of the Tenth Planet. If it, it feels yeah. like they ran out of story ideas and just went, "Oh, what, what have we done before, which is quite good." Oh, Tenth Planet, let's just copy that one. Mm. Copy my homework, but don't make it too obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much that. And yeah, the setting just feels a bit. It, it like you said, it's a bit empty. Do you want to go give the next category? Uh, yeah, I'll go for it. So uh, the next category we've got on our awards list is the best story ending, which I'm going to call the Dalek Invasion of Earth Honorary Best Story Ending Award. Um, this is for the episode that we feel just ends the best. Yeah. What have you gone for? Power of the Daleks. Really? Yes. 
I, I do admit it's a pretty decent ending the way they sort it, but I knock it down because of the moving eye stalk. Because mm. I think it compromises what they go for. I just like the fact which it it ends in a way which all makes sense. We don't have any of the bumper carting which we've had in pre- most previous other Dalek stories. Yeah, they don't turn the Daleks into like jokes by the end. It's not doesn't feel like it's done in a rush. We get a nice proper ending fight which could have been done better yes i'll admit that but then it also ends with questions which are just designed to make the audience think did the doctor mean to do it that way mm. we, we just don't know and i just love that that fact which that bit was open yeah i do think that by and large they got the ending right with power of the daleks especially when you consider how the ending was for say the original daleks in season one and the chase mm-hmm which are endings that do feel very rushed, where they're kind of like, oh, we need to end this now, and they just do it really quickly. Yeah, that's a decent shout. I have gone for the other Dalek episode of this season. The Evil of the evil Daleks. Evil of the Daleks. I've gone with Evil of the Daleks. Reason being is that they set out to create a definitive ending for the Daleks. Yeah. They they just had them all kill each other. Great concept. <laughs> I mean, that ending is chaos. Yes, and they, yeah, I think the issue which I had with the evil in particular is that we never, it is a bit of a sudden ending. We never find out what happened to some of our characters. Yeah, um, things like, I mean, we just sort of see that like, Kemal dies. And then the other guy, your favourite guy, whose name I've forgotten. We'll, we'll mention him. Maxwell we'll just we'll never dies, him. never dies on camera. And also... They still haven't quite worked out how to do mass fights without it just being the most trippy thing you've ever seen. We saw it in the chase, and we're back again with big Dalek fight scenes, which make no sense. I admit that, like on a technical level, you can find flaws with it, but because it's so heightened and so ridiculous, I almost have to give it some kind of brownie points. Also, the Emperor's really cool. Yeah, but here's not the ending. Does the Emperor's part of the ending? He's cool. Okay, design's cool. You ready to move on? Yes. Are we calling it what we're calling it? Sponsored by the Centurites. Yes. Story end. Now, um, for me, this this is only because of one scene in the ending. I need to point this out, but it's the faceless ones. Mine is for Macro Terror. Hmm. Tell you what, let's let's start talking about Macro Terror, because I'm interested to see why you've gone that. It's the same sort of reasons which... I remember we discussed this in when we were recording this ourselves. It just feels very sudden. We, it feels like we've hyped up the ending and then we've just fallen off a cliff because we we go we have all the humans being brainwashed. Yeah, and I'm just still not convinced which they wouldn't have just gone with the security guard guy and just went the pilot and the doctor are enemies, even without the macro there. Yeah, I, I'm I mean just not the whole thing was that makes any sense the the whole thing does feel very convenient it's like it's like like a transformers movie or something where oh we've uh we've stopped this one thing and now everything dies because because why not yeah and i'm just not convinced it's just by killing for macri you solve a problem no i agree with you it makes sense to end it there because obviously the macro yeah is being the terror if that's gone uh then then the title of your story doesn't work but with faceless ones, the only reason I give it that is because the Ben and Polly thing just is is not led into, mm. comes out of nowhere, 
hasn't been set up in the story. And it's just kind of, oh, by the way, we need to write these people out of their contract. But it's, it's still done better than for War Machines. And oh, they, it's they... done better than War Machines. Yeah. But obviously this is an ending, so I can talk about it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so and this then... one... Oh, sorry. And then the Doctor James have to run after the TARDIS, which yeah. is kind of, oh, right then. That's fun. Yay. So, this one here is one I couldn't think of anything for, but it is the best scream. Now, obviously, if you haven't put anything, I'm the only one who can put a candidacy. Um, I was initially going to put in the general noises of Victoria Waterfield as my suggestion, uh, from Evil of the Dark, she just screams the entire episode. Oh, yeah, good point, yeah. But I am going to go back to a scene in the moon base where we've just met Jamie and he thinks he's met the Phantom Piper. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And the noise, it's the paper! (laughs) Yes. Is wonderful. I've got one best scream. It's not yeah. really a scream, but it's more of a shout. But we'll go with it. Maxable, kill, 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 shouting that. Kill, 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 kill. Yeah, it's not really like a scream. No, but but I will. I'll allow it. Yeah, just because you love Maxable. <laughs> Speaking of, what's the next award? <laughs> we have got the best side character. I thought you'd never ask. So Theodore Maxable, Owen. Um, we we covered him to some degree in Eve of the Darks. This um. This incredible man. Um, Maxtable is, without question, the biggest moron we've ever seen on Doctor Who. Oh, God. Yeah. We went to see um, Shang-Chi in for five rings. And I five, yeah, ten rings. Ten rings, sorry. I don't know why I keep saying five. <laughs> five but, rings. But his dad in that there hand. just reminds me of Maxtable. Because we saw it straight after we did our review. Yeah, and, we did it after. And... And there's just a scene where he's fighting, going, I want my wife, despite the fact that it's obviously going to hits up around him, it's still going for him. I'm just that they're going, This is Maxwell trying to get his bloody iron into gold. <laughs> he's, he's just trying to iron into gold. <laughs> yeah, despite the fact which the world around him is obviously going just badly wrong, he's still there just going for it, just going for it, just going for it for no apparent reason. <laughs> but the thing I find incredible about Maxwell is that most side characters, even the ones I like, like for example, um, like I gave it to Mark Corey last season from um, Edge, Edge of, um, what's it called? What's that episode? Is it Edge of, no it's not, it's the first season one. Tell me when you want me to step in. Ah, uh, shoot. shoot. Mission to oh, the Unknown. On. Mission to the Unknown. Goodness me. If you totally change your tab to season three, you've got a list of all the episodes. Yeah, I know. I, I did that just now. <laughs> I didn't realise. I, I was just trying to, I was trying to do it in my head because I thought, oh, I must know it. But yeah, no, like I would talk about Mark Corian. I really like him. But when yeah. I'm doing other things in my life, I don't, it doesn't immediately link back to Mark Corey. I'm not reminded of Mark Corey very much. Yeah. I was watching um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone today. Yeah. Um, and there is a bit where Hermione says, you know, in her um, Oxford Henley on Thames 11-year-old voice, um, the Philosopher's Stone can turn any material into gold. And I immediately lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever hear the phrase turn material into gold, that's the power of Maxwell. He does things that are inhumanly stupid. And he so, does it with, like, a buoyant laugh. 
I knew you'd go down this route, so I chose someone else. That's good. I'm happy you did, because I'll talk about Maxwell forever, so you need to stop me. <laughs> I went for Samantha Briggs. I, yeah, that's a nice that's a nice pick. She should have been a companion. It's a shame behind the scenes things just didn't work out, but she should have been a companion because she had every sign to be capable to actually be a decent female companion, which we just haven't had yet, aside from maybe And she would have worked well with Jamie. Yeah, this, to be honest, I think this is the best side character. Like, If we have to pick one for the two of us, pick Samantha. Yeah. Maxtable is there because of the memorability rather than, than the quality of the writing. Because Samantha is so good from the moment she shows up. She's yeah. got the drive. Also, I quite like the fact she's from Liverpool. She really However, works. I guess it's probably a plus side she did not become a, compa- a companion because she inevitably would have been screwed over by other writers. Yeah, she would have been. Because yeah. we know that every female we meet has a good first episode. And we're like, yeah, this is it. And then they immediately mess it up. Yeah. Well, the doctor would have just whispered in Samantha's ears, women don't do that around here, Samantha. Would <laughs> you like to make some coffee? Oh, it's a shame, isn't it, really? It is a big shame. I, I, I'm just annoyed at some of the episodes. Because I, for example, when I'm one of them watching all the episodes this season, and I should say that they are all mostly really good, there are so many opportunities that don't get taken for the female companions. Where I'm thinking, yeah. oh, they'd be perfect for this bit. Give this to them. That's wonderful. And they never take it. It's always the Doctor who handles it. Or it's like a side character that we're never going to meet again. So you have a female command. You're right there. Mm. It can be frustrating. Anyway, what's next? The best baddie, excluding the Daleks. Yeah, because the Daleks is too easy. And also, they've got two of the episodes. So that takes quite a few of them out. But really, we've only got three major options because the Cybermen are two of them. Yeah. And then we have uh, the Macra, who don't exist, and the Chameleons from Faceless Ones. I've gone a lot more precise. As have I. I think we can say this at the same time. <laughs> Captain Blade. Blade. Yeah, Captain Blade. Absolutely. Why, why have you picked him? He's just... He's just the perfect opposite number to this Doctor because... Much like this doctor, he is calculating. He he tries to think several steps ahead, and he's merciless in his in his calculation. And his just his voice when we see his face in that like two episodes, his facial expressions are just perfect. The animation is perfect. He's just an amazing person to watch. Blade is the best non-Dalek villain that we've had since we've started well, Doctor yeah. Who, since we started doing the podcast. Everything about the way he's written for me is designed to perfectly counter the Doctor. Yeah, because they're both they're both similar in their approach. Don't get me wrong, but because while the Doctor is kind of bumbles about in a way and sort of jokes and is a bit playful, Blade has none of that. Yeah, and like he, you say, he's merciless, and he is truly on the same level of intelligence as the Doctor. There's very few baddies we can say that on, True. but he is. <clears throat> And that's a testament to how strong the writing is. Like when the Doctor and the and Nurse Pinto go up in the plane. Yeah. And the Doctor thinks, oh, yeah, I've done it now. Absolutely nailed him. And Blade's known that he's messing around with him. He allows him to think he's nailed him to, yeah. just to get him up to uh, the space station. Mm-hmm. It's just little subtle bits of writing like that that makes you think that Blade knows more than you do. Yeah. He's he's steps ahead of the audience. Like we we can't follow him. That's what I really like about Faces Ones. We spend four episodes having no idea what Blade's actual motivation is. Yeah. 
but we're intrigued because he's so intelligent in the way he goes about it. That's what makes a good villain. So, from best to worst for worst baddie. Yeah. I, I want you to go here because I think this one is potentially my controversial one. I've gone with the Cybermen and the Moonbase. I've Simply also be- I've also gone Cybermen. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's not very controversial then. I just yeah, went Cybermen no, in not. general. I went Cybermen in general. The thing is, it's actually been a fairly strong season for baddies. Yeah. The only reason I've said it's the Cybermen and the Moonbase is because their plan for me is a bit dumber. I went Cybermen all over because in as we had an entire discussion about in the podcast, they're not even like the main bad person in their first story. And yeah, that's Cutler, really. And their second, second, their second story for Moonbase, as you say, it just doesn't make much sense and it just ends with them floating away. Yeah, they're not treated as a major threat. Obviously, we know that the Sidemen are a good villain character because we've seen a lot of great Sidemen episodes. Yeah. But these two aren't their particular strong point. They, it sort of works in Tenth Planet because we haven't met them before and yeah. their mercilessness and their kind of emotionlessness really works. But because we've seen that, when we get to Moonbase, we're like, well, okay, we've done that trick. What's the next trick? Uh, and there just isn't really a trick. To be fair, they're a lot better than the, uh, the freaking Zarbi and the Monoids and stuff like that. Yeah. Essentially... Big jump. It's the current modern hot Doctor Who problem we have with side men is that they're never for main villain. Villain. They always seem to be the side villain to the main villain. Yeah, and now they're just trying to turn side men into different people. Yeah. With this Time Lord side men nonsense. And it is, it is interesting because I don't think there's ever really been a Who episode that quite 100% knows what to do with them. I think based on what we've watched... That includes New Who ones, which I've watched, and ones we've watched so that far. That does include New Who, yeah. It's probably, I've forgotten for name, for, tight, for name, but it's for one where they go to an alternative England. Alternative Are you on about um, the Rise of Cybermen Age of Steel? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the only one which I've seen where they've been used properly. Yeah, that where they were used well. And then when they turn up again in Army of Ghosts Doomsday late, at the end of that season, even then they've had that set up. Even then they're just second fiddle to the Daleks. Yeah, they do become second fiddle very, very quickly. They like the side men are kind of treated as like, oh, you thought you were the villains. Nah, yeah. these are the villains, and they end up sort of becoming this kind of sassy younger brother. Yeah, which is just the entire side men problem, really. Like, yes, they had a really good one for haunting of Philadelphia, whatever it was in the last season. Yeah, but even then. We weren't focusing on the Sidemen aspect. We had one Sideman, but we were mostly focusing on the fact which the the house is a bit screwed. I think it's tricky because because you've written a character that's defined by their lack of emotion and lack of personality. It, what is there to explore yeah. other than the lack of it? Yeah. But yeah, that's enough of us being disappointed about the Sidemen. Yeah, ah, there are better episodes than this. They're okay. It's actually been a really good standard of villains yeah. this season. So someone had to lose. Best death. <sighs> Look, I know what I'm about to say is not a death because no one dies. But I'm going to say it anyway because it's worth saying. Do you remember Evil of the Daleks? Yes. Do you remember when um, Edward Waterfield goes into Maxwell's lab? 
and he he's in... threatened and a bit perturbed and he uh, he tries basically to strangle him yes and Max will just start screaming murder 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 <laughs> You see, I wanted to put Maxwell's death because I f- think the idea of him walking off and shouting kill, 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 kill and then dying <laughs> would have been the best <laughs> death we could ever talk about. But he doesn't die Yes, on Maxwell, camera. as far as I'm concerned, is still alive. Yeah, so I- I'm going to have put best death as Kimmel just because Maxwell yelling die, 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 kill, kill, kill at him. <laughs> because, I mean, I'll give you that. That's the only reason I cop for that. <laughs> Do you know what I'm also going to say, which is also not a death, but it's worth mentioning, uh, the plane sequence in Faceless Ones, where they all get sort of disappeared and you think they might yeah. be dead, is brilliant okay. and, and very well done. But I admit it's not a death. So the one I've actually given is in the Macro Terror, where the guy who you think is the the pilot, you realise he's really not in control and he gets done. You realise he's not the pilot so quickly. Yeah. But yeah, it literally it's instant, and then you're like, "Oh, okay, that's not good." Oh, there they are, <laughs> and then he's gone. Right. So since we neither of us really have got a good answer to that one, let's move on. There've been a lot of there are a lot of um, best not quite deaths. Yeah, I think I think the camel one's good for, for kill, 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 kill. The expectation failure. I have a controversial one. <laughs> What, what 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 one do you have? The regeneration of the first Doctor. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Why? Because, and this may be the animation, but it feels just so rushed. And it mm. doesn't feel properly explained. And then when you get into power, it's just kind of like, oh, well, we've gone now. Like, there's no real consequence. Yeah. So it, it doesn't feel like it's kind of built in any way. It does, obviously, it does its job. And you also have to remember that quite a lot of these episodes lived up to expectations that exceeded them. But with that regeneration, it, it felt kind of like instead of Hartnell ending with a bang, he ended very much with a whimper. I think that's obviously it doesn't undermine your argument, but I think that's just because he was ill at the time. So they just kind of had to rush him to get him out. Yeah, there. I suppose he was. But, but we have to review yeah, it based on what we yeah. can see. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't change anything. My yeah, what ex- about you? Polly. Yeah, that's a very good one. So we're both for the first time gone for non-episodes. That's true. But, well, the thing is, is that even what my worst episode is in the rankings, pretty good. Yeah. Like, we have been lucky this season. It's just been pretty solid all the way through. Yeah. There are just issues with characters, issues with certain things. Uh, Polly's a big one. Like throughout all the episodes she's in after War Machine, she's a problem. Yeah. It's just the same. Shall we move just on? Slows down the narrative. Yeah, I reckon so. Worst thing the Doctor did. Oh. Because the Doctor does a lot of interesting things. I don't think he does um, anything outright evil in this episode. In this time at least not from I, remember. I, think he, I think he does something that's slightly manipulative yes what did which you is put jamie through the test oh uh, yes yeah actually yeah no that should be my one my one was just how we treated um ben and polly at the start of um power but yeah no you're right I mean, it does treat them like dog i, I yeah <laughs> that's pretty bad but yeah the fact is it seemed like he was having fun because i remember when we were doing the review yeah. last week 
we, we went on for a while about how they needed to add a little bit more remorse and a little bit more kind of concern because it did seem like he was Jamie was playing in this kind of laboratory playground that he made. Yeah. And yeah, to be no. fair, I got why Jamie was annoyed. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I should have put that one down. Now, for the final reward, my most favourite one, which I couldn't really think of anything for this time. Yeah, because it's mostly quite good. Yeah. Let's wreck on this now. The thing which we think should be erased from Doctor Who history. What What's what yours? Um, I thought of a few honourables. Uh, Cutler dying in Tenth Planet is always something I had a problem with. Yeah. Because if they'd have left him the whole way, it would have been brilliant. It was a real missed opportunity. That's worth an honour. Um, I think there are a few other things you could talk about as well. But I'm going to go with the Daleks blowing themselves up. Because it's dumb. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all know that it's production reasons as to why they tried that, because they were going to do this one off in the US and all that stuff. But if you look at it as an isolated thing, being like, oh, yeah, let's just kill off our best villains absolutely without question. Yeah, that's the one thing I was leaning towards doing. And it also starts with the, um, the Doctor Who trend of blowing up the Daleks and them still somehow surviving like cockroaches. Yes, because that's now been happening for nearly 60 years. Yeah, we, we, we keep killing them off and they just keep suddenly reappearing. Like the entire it's... thing at the beginning in the Daleks, we thought we had killed them all off off Scarrow. But look, Scarrow is still there. <laughs> Don't worry. And yeah. Well, yeah, the whole thing with the Daleks is like, do you remember that um, woman who got interviewed on the day they announced the snap election? She's like, not another one? Yeah. It's not even not a one. It is the not a are attempting to kill off the Dalek, but they magically appear anyway. <laughs> not another Dalek Khan. <laughs> like, at least in David T- in in Russell T Davies era, they had excuses for reappearing. Yes, and they were cleverly written in. It was always like, oh, don't worry, all the Daleks are dead, apart from these ones who were like doing a thing in the void. Yeah. Or like oh, that- they teleported out. That's fine. Or that one Dalek which just happened to survive, but he's massively scarred and damaged. Like, all of those make sense. Yeah, Dalek Calm is unbelievable, though. What yes. character? Yes. I don't know how they turned that one Dalek into a genuinely excellent character. Man, Russell is beyond us. Yeah, he's coming back. Um, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Do you know what else is coming back? What else is coming back? Us ranking these episodes. Yes, because we do that in the end of season, what happened? Yes. What is your number six for worst? Okay, so we're going to start from the bottom and go to the top. Yes. So my worst one is the moon base. I agree. And it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's very similar to the 10th planet and the 10th planet's better. It's, as I said earlier, it's the copy my homework, but don't make it obvious. <laughs> and it's just the worst version of it. It's not like they don't make it obvious either. It's no. very obvious. They've got a distrust. They've got a general that mistrusts them. They've got Cybermen coming in from, you know, space. You've got crew members turning. It, it's all of the same beats. Polly's even asked to make coffee again. They yeah. nail it, even down to the most like granular detail. Yeah. So that's it my is, six. It is the most problematic one. I mm. think you're going to hate me for number five. What have you put there? For evil of the Daleks. Don't do that. Don't do that. On a critical level, I agree with you. But I have ranked these based on how much I enjoyed them. Yes, but I also enjoyed the other ones. 
Oh, fair enough. That, that's the issue. There are also good James. I don't know what to do. It's fair enough to put it there. It does, I mean, even the dark's fair enough at five. A lot of these are very close to each other, where I think you wouldn't have much argument where they would go. Yeah. But yeah, I think it is a very scattershot episode. There is a lot of issues. I mean, the way the Doctor is, the kind of thinness of some of the writing. Um, it all does get a bit chaotic. Maxtable is a moron. Things like that that just are all over the place. But it is so chaotic, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, what did you go for five? I've gone with the other Dalek one, Power of the Daleks. Ah, oh, that's one I liked. I like it because uh, I think it has some good elements in there. But at the same time, it sort of it has to do the job of introducing the Doctor, and it does okay. But obviously, that thing with it's like, oh, I just did that by accident. It plays into the trout and playfulness thing. But whether it works as a, as a great ending, I don't know. You've still got Ben and Polly there, and they're still the issues yeah and like and the setting is so kind of forgettable it's the one that had the least staying power for me out of all of them yeah i loved the story and i found that one fun that's why i haven't put it as five yeah i did think it was a very good story in a lot of way in terms of the way the plot went um you had characters like lesterson and uh the woman who's kind of in charge of the whole thing really manipulating things yeah and then everyone's basically just trying to kill each other with Daleks. Like, it, it works as, like, a human drama. Yeah. Which is good. And the Doctor's obviously kind of found himself in the middle of it. But in what is a very good series, the competition was just so good. Yeah, that's the entire issue of this season. Is It's, it's too yeah, good. It's, it's just really so difficult to, to rank. So, number four. The Tenth Planet. Same. Hey, there you go. Are we, are we agreed on something. That's not yeah. bad. Agreed on, we've agreed on two now. Yeah, Tenth Planet is definitely better than Moonbase. Yeah. It's really solid all the way through. I think Cutler is a great character. If it wasn't for Blade, he'd be easily best villain and easily worthy of it. I feel like if this was in any other season, it would have been top two. Oh, easy. Yeah. I, the only episodes I can think of that I would have had over Tenth Planet genuinely are, and I'm looking through my tabs to make sure I'm being right about this. I would say... Dalek Pla- Invasion of Earth and D- maybe Time Meddler. Yeah. But as we've said, this season is just so bloody competitive. So yeah, the fact this stuff. is fourth tells you a lot. I, I think what does knock it down is the decision to kill Cutler. Yeah. Does knock it down. The, the, fact, the companions don't get too much to do. The fact the Doctor isn't in an entire episode. Obviously, no one's fault he was ill, but... Yeah, and the then he spends the fourth one. episode just sort of running around like, oh no, this is going to end badly, and then it, then he regenerates. Yeah. And we're also not given, actually given a reason for him to regenerate. He just kind of regenerates. He's just sort of like, ah, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Like they could have incorporated, say, like a building thing falling on him, but nope, he just regenerates. Yeah, he could have, you know, had like poisoning, maybe get shot by a side man. There's a few reasons they could have done, but nah, just, just the passage of time will do for me. Yeah. It... As I say, it's an amazing episode, but there's so many other amazing episodes. Mm. So what about number three? Uh, this is hard because I don't know. I'm probably going to put... Macroterra. As have I. Ooh. 
the 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 it doesn't exist at all terror never say that it exists i just feel like good i feel like it's really good but its ending just doesn't do it for me i i I do agree with you so it just kind of put everything in a bow and doesn't really explain kind of the consequences of that but the world building's really good I like that they have a use for Ben that is more than just protesting. Yeah. The villain idea is solid because it's all kind of mental. Um, it reminds me of a lot of aspects of um, like Marinus where they were in the sort of mind control brainwashing society in the second part of that. Yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, yeah, I really like this that episode. I just feel, really like it. I just feel like it's one line away from having a sense rights ending of them just standing there going... And then we solve for head of security. And it, it very much instantly is that, yeah. it's a for sense right ending in a bow. <laughs> He'll be dealt with, the administrator. Yeah. <laughs> and then the humans show up, man. <laughs> what the f was that? <laughs> oh, for sense right ending. Uh we will we will never stop that. Like, even if we get through forty of these end of end of season what happens, we will mention it in every single one somehow. Folks, you haven't listened to the Censorites podcast we did, which was way back. I don't blame you. Go watch it. Our sixth episode, The Censorites, we just slate the ending. It's really good fun. You'll get more context. It's just so shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we go. That's about as blunt as you could want. Uh, Okay, so we're into the top two. So the two you've got left are Faceless Ones and Power of the Daleks. Yes. Okay. And the ones I've got left are Faceless Ones as well and Evil of the Daleks, which you put at five. Yes. Okay. What is your number two, James? My number two is Evil of the Daleks. <gasps> What's your no. number two? Mine's for Power of the Daleks. Ah, oh, so we've all we've done is we've just flipped our Daleks episodes and yeah. I'm like, we completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> we've spent the entire episode going, oh, it's so tough to rank. We will sp- never agree. We spent even before the episode we recorded where they go, Yeah, this is gonna be a good one we're not going to agree on anything. <laughs> we literally <laughs> said, Oh, it's gonna be there's gonna be so many arguments. We're gonna have so many opportunities to slate each other's opinions. Nope. It's just we've just had the exact same thoughts. If, even on my controversial worst villain that you've went, Yeah, no, it's five minutes long. Yeah, no, it's actually mine. <laughs> Basically what we're saying is that we are we share half a brain cell listeners. Yeah. And so, why is power number two for you? Because I know you do really like it. It's just for setting, isn't there? And the faceless ones for setting is there. Mm. That's it. That, that's as deep as it goes. It's for for setting. Just doesn't isn't there from good enough for me to rank it top. That's it's, it's as simple as that. The story's fine. I love the characters in there. Yeah, it's driven by character, not by the setting. But for setting it just needed a few more extras it needed a few more sets it just wasn't nothing was there really to make me like i got no clue how that colony is now running once the doctor has left but i can see how it, it probably just collapses yeah i can see how gatwick would work after that effect after all that stuff happening as someone who um understands the existence of gatwick in the contemporary world yeah, it still exists. It, it, I have to clarify. Gatwick's still here, everyone. Uh, give it give it five years of energy crisis, never know. So why did Evil of the Daleks make it top for you? I admit that the episode is chaos. 
but there's so much to remember and it's so enjoyable to watch it, it is kind of like like a fun a fun ride at the fair yeah. that sort of throws you around and after it you go oh, I wasn't actually like that much but in the moment you're having a lot of fun there are a lot of reasons I really like I think it's the best episode Jamie has yeah. genuinely I enjoy a lot of the Daleks plan and all the stuff and I really like Waterfield as a character big time uh, yeah. Edward Waterfield uh, not Victoria well Victoria's alright but we we we'll we'll get to see how all right she is when the uh, writers start messing her up in season five. Yeah, inevitably. Uh, but those are all great reasons. Even outside of Maxtable, who watching him is like watching uh, a bonfire night that lasts forever. Yeah. Yeah, really fun episode with a lot to like. I just wish we saw more Jamie and Doctor episodes. Yeah, I really wish because that's the only one we get. And it is really good. It's between them, the way they interact without any other external interrupts is brilliant. Yeah. But that does mean that we agree on what the best episode of this season is. And I and I kind of thought we would. I thought that was the thing we were more certain to agree on than anything else. I thought it was that and for worst. Because I remember you being very scathing about the moon base. Yeah, there were just issues with that. It's because it's just so plagiarised. Yeah, so Faceless One comes out on top. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen a Classic Who episode, I'd strongly recommend this is where you start. That's and the best compliment I could give it. Even though I put The Evil of the Daleks at five, also that one there's a good one to start with because it is, it is flawed, but there's so much going on to keep you entertained. Yeah, it's very entertaining, even if, if it's like, yeah, if you think about it critically, it falls over, but... The Faceless Ones is that fun and yeah. doesn't fall over when you analyse it critically. Yeah. It's a fun I one mean, to watch. You've got Blade. You've got a really good world-building setting. Ben and Polly are basically taken out of the episode early. So it's basically a Dr. Jamie episode a lot of the time. You get Samantha. You've got um, all of the like the Commandant and all of these like really tired, weary side characters. The chameleons have this fantastic plan. There are like genuine jaw drop moments. You're like, wow, they really went there. Uh, the plot gets complex without being too difficult to follow. It's it's handled really well. It's written really well. It's paced really well. There is not a flaw in it. So like as, a major one I can think of. Essentially, if you want for Marvel film of Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who, Evil of the Daleks. If you want a well written script and a good film, go with Evil of the Daleks. What? You just you just told me to go for the evil of the Daleks for both. I meant for faceless ones. I mean, I don't mind that as a recommendation. If you want anything, choose evil of the Daleks. <laughs> choose Theodore Maxtable, my king, my queen, my president. So the leader of the new world. To quickly finish us off, let's quickly just rank for season season overall. I'm fairly sure we know how this is going to go. So just, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, are we going to go in reverse quick? Yeah, just let's just go. Uh, Ranking number four, the worst season overall. Uh, season two, uh, despite the fact it has Dark Invasion and Time Meddler, everything else is rubbish. Yep, agreed. Season, f- uh, not season, <laughs> ranking three. Yeah, in, in third place is season three. Yep. Uh, be- because there's a little bit more solidity and you get episodes like War Machines in the Ark and even Mission that are good watches. Although Gunfighters is equally as bad as all three good episodes combined. <laughs> 
and also there's just too few episodes for us to rank it any higher. It was very difficult, yeah. Uh, season two. Uh, is Well, ranking two, ranking season two. one. Yep. Ranking two, season one, yeah. Yep. It's solid from start to finish, is how I would say season one. There's there's issues, like there's Edge uh, of Destruction, and Sensorites has that god-awful ending. But other than that, it's pretty solid all the way through. Yeah, it, it's got the same issue all complicated sci-fi first seasons do where they just don't quite 100% know what they're doing with themselves yet. Yeah, they're trying to start themselves off, but it works pretty well. Yeah, and then if you haven't worked it out so far for top ranking oh, yeah. for the se- for, for Doctor Who so far... It's season four is the best one yet. Number four, yeah. It, I, I'm i not sure what's going to beat it. It's going to have to be very good because every episode yeah, this of the season... Yeah, this is a really good season. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've enjoyed every single one. Yeah to an extent it's not been like when i had to there was a point where i was watching gunfighters when i thought i could be doing anything else yeah but i'm subjecting myself to it with this you're having fun all the way through because these are the stories that remind you how good of a show doctor who can be when written well yeah um take notes chibnall so yeah so overall a good a good episode a good season. A really good season. And lots of good stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff that you think, what on earth is that? Like a perfect mix of all the things you come to Who for. So join us on Saturday on the 30th of October. Now, because we're leaving classic behind for a bit. We're going into colour HD, maybe ultra HD. I'm excited to see yes, some Yes, Owen colour. has bought a new TV and he's very proud of its ultra yeah. HD capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, we will be um, in just, yeah, literally this Sunday. Saturday. We'll be, well, this Sunday is when Flux happens, right? Yeah, but we're doing our preview talking thingy on we Saturday. Are. So if you want to tune in for any thoughts about what we expect, what we're kind of predicting, anything that comes out over the ne- over like the last few days before the release, then we'll be chatting about that. And then we'll be covering each part, because I think we're, we're calling them parts. Until now. we get episode names, we're just calling it episode one, episode two, episode yeah, three. Yeah, I genuinely don't think we'll have them. I think we're going to have one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six. But yeah, every part that we get, we're going to do a podcast on it, and it will come out the day after broadcast. So that'll be in your podcast subscription box, wherever you get them on Monday evening. So remember to subscribe to make sure you get them as soon as they come out, because if they're done in time, I might publish them earlier. We'll see. Ooh, ooh. Oh, there might be those late, late overnight drops. Yeah. What everyone was looking for from Black Archive. No, if if it's it will either be eight a.m. or eight p.m. It'll be one of the yes. Eights. Just one of the one of the eights. Just to keep some consistency there. It sounds like we're in Pirates of the Caribbean. You remember they were going about the pieces of eight in that, and then there were like nine pieces of eight, and then there were all the pirate lords, and then Elizabeth Swan was made a pirate lord because like a pirate died near her and she was lucky and then by some contrivance she was made king of all pirates in the world ever i've never watched pirates of the caribbean you've never watched pirates of the caribbean no what i saw mark kermode rant about it and i decided it's not worth it <laughs> yeah basically half of that quote i've just realized is entirely from kermode's rant about it <laughs> <laughs> king of all pirates of the world ever is definitely a phrase he said so, so yeah so thank you very much for watching please remember to subscribe I show people that rant all the time <laughs> please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and yeah and also remember to tweet us at us Black Archive yes. Pod or you can email us blackarchivepod at gmail.com 
Yes, we are. We are available for all inquiries, uh, and we will be with you on Saturday for our preview as we go into the modern world of Who, the Chris Chibnall, the Jodie Whittaker, the Mandip Gill, and the John Bishop to talk about Doctor Who flux all the way until pretty much the end of the year. Yes. So, see you then. See you with flux. We'll Goodbye. Be- see you soon. We'll be playing with flux.